1978, we got Michael Myers. Two years later, Jason Voorhees. And in 1984, we got yet another horror icon, Mr. Fred Krueger. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, folks. Classic. The original. A Nightmare on Elm Street. So I would say that when I think of horror icons, he's Freddy Krueger is in my top three. Oh, for sure. He's he's, he's on Mount Rushmore. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> So when I whenever I think of like my top three, it's those three for me personally. It's Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, and Freddy Krueger. Same. Um, and then if you you know if you you know say your top five, then I'll probably add in Leatherface. And even though I'm not a huge fan of it, we'll throw in Chucky. And then if we expand it even more, um, that's kind of when I start throwing personally, I like throwing in like Hellraiser and, and whoa, whoa, whoa. Stuff like that. No, no Leprechaun. <laughs> i mean leprechaun in the hood is a, a fantastic film but he went uh, to space too right i don't know i'm pretty dude. sure yeah who fucking knows <laughs> yeah, i don't fucking know but but yeah so we're gonna be talking about uh a nightmare on elm street yeah. which is super exciting um yep. so hey strap yourselves in uh don't fall asleep and <laughs> i hope you don't fall asleep during and whatever this. you do don't fall asleep <laughs> this is those who remain. Dude, I'm fucking pumped to talk about this one. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's like I would say. I mean, you know, like for me personally, Wes Craven's one of my favorite directors, mm-hmm. and um, just like he's just such a crazy filmmaker because he like reinvented kind of the genre three times man with like last house with this one and um with scream mm-hmm. with this one it's like like we were talking before it was made for like 1.8 million dollars and it was just like this really low budget comparative to you know what they do today and it's like it's just like a compared to you know like in the 80s a lot of the slasher movies were just kind of like holiday ripoffs so it was like you had like April Fool's Day and like, sure. you know, like prom night and just like the list goes on and on. And not to say those movies don't have merit or anything because they totally do. But like Nightmare comes in and it's made by Wes Craven, who used to be like a professor and a teacher. And he's just like a really well-read, well-educated person. And he came up with this like really like smart, but very primal idea of a killer that comes after you in your dreams. You know, and I think it was super interesting because... Um, you know, going back to those icons, you know, you have Michael Myers, who's like, you know, never says a word is this like yeah. silent stalker killer. You have Jason Voorhees, who also doesn't say a word, um, but is just like this hulking menace that's going to rip you in half, um, <laughs> like a bulldozer fucking run through walls and shit. Um, and then you then I think it was like the perfect timing. Just like, let's have one like kind of kind of funny crazy kooky weird 
filthy child murderer. <laughs> I'd say in the, in the first movie, he's definitely scary. You know, like he's a creepy motherfucker, but he's not True. quite as he's funny not, as he would yeah. become. Like he would become like a talk show host by like number four, basically. Like he wears right. sunglasses in that movie, dude. They totally <laughs> had lost yeah, they, what made him scary. Uh, right. Yeah, he, I, I totally agree. Yeah, he was definitely more scary, but still. Uh, he does have some dark humor to him. Yeah, he does. Um, and especially, and you know, not to jump too far ahead, but when he, the little phone scene with Nancy is just like, yeah. so hilarious and yeah, weird. Like just a Wes Craven thing. I think he, in, uh, there's this awesome interview. It's uh, with Mick Garris on postmortem back from the fear net days uh, yeah. where they're talking about, uh, you know, just basically his sensibilities and where he's kind of coming from. And uh, Craven just says that he has a really dark sense of humor and he never would have thought he would have made horror movies. He would have thought he would have done comedy comedy. Right. But, but as I think we've talked about in the past, uh, horror and comedy are just very, very similar. Yeah, totally. Um, they're like opposite ends of the same coin almost exactly so um so why don't you you know you being a big west craven fan why don't you tell us like the origin story behind like how a nightmare on elm street came to be because you told me earlier that it was super interesting sure um yeah so for uh coming from that same post-mortem interview i just watched it before we jumped on just to freshen up on everything mm-hmm. um so west craven was talking to a, to somebody and they mentioned that they had a dream that felt so real that they could reach into it and pull somebody out of a dream and he was like oh that's an interesting idea and he just kind of like put it in a drawer in his mind and then he uh read three separate articles uh over the course of like a year or two that was that basically talked about uh people that were having like you know violent night terrors like these really awful nightmares and they were telling like their family you know something's coming to get me something's coming to get me and they had come from a traumatic background like uh a sort of war like they're refugees so uh their father was a physician and he was like, Oh no, that's totally understandable. Just like here, take these sleeping pills and just try to get some rest. And right. the, the, the kid was hiding the sleeping pills. And just like, in, as we'll talk about in the movie, they had a coffee pot, like with the, the power, like, you know, cord hidden so that no one could see and they're sneaking black coffee and they stayed up for just forever. And then eventually this uh, person finally fell asleep while the family is watching TV and everyone just went, Oh my God. And they took him upstairs and they put him in bed and then everyone went to bed. And then in the middle middle of the night, um, they just started violently thrashing, like having this awful dream. And by the time the dad got to him, they fell dead. And um, yeah. And so Wes Craven read that. It was like a story, like there were like three stories that hadn't like covered by different outlets that didn't quite put the dots together that it was a connected story so Mm -hmm. uh he took that combined with that dream thing and then uh it's really interesting because he approached the whole thing very like meticulously and intelligently and systematically but it uh, elicited a very primal reaction right so Mm -hmm. freddie himself came from an experience he had when he was like a little kid and he was living in cleveland with his brother and his mom his dad died when he was three so um he woke up in the middle of the night to some drunk guy just shuffling down the street mm-hmm. and little Wes Craven pokes his head out the window to look and he's like this guy just instinctively knew to look up at me and like try to freak me out in my window and then so Wes Craven like backed away and then when he came back to the window that guy was still staring at him and everything so the guy like went around to his apartment door and tried to come in and shit so he had his brother go down and scare the guy away and so for him that he always remembered that story because something about that guy just really enjoyed scaring a child 
<laughs> and something about that just really fucked with him and stuck with him. Sure. And he, he just kind of put all these things together and he can, um, uh, with that, uh, you know, this idea of dreams, uh, kind of came up, came about because he's like, well, Jason wears a hockey mask. Michael Myers wears this mask. I want my killer to be able to talk. So I'm going to give him a mask of burnt scar tissue. Right. And um, with that came the idea of, well, how did this guy get burned? Well, what if a bunch of parents burned him because he was this filthy child murderer, as they say in the movie. And, um, you know, he's a pissed off vengeful spirit. So like, unlike Michael Myers and, I guess Jason Voorhees to an extent where we mm. talked about like they're kind of best left motiveless. Like they're, right. they're scarier when we don't know what makes them tick. Freddie's just like pure revenge, right. From the first movie. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Straight up. Like, um, and you know, and we see Nancy go through that, you know, trying to figure out what, um, like why this is happening <laughs> yeah. and you get her lovely mother, <laughs> uh, Marge, I believe is Marge. her name. Yep. Um, who is just drunk throughout the whole film, always literally, yeah, literally drunk as fuck, uh, clutching onto a bottle of vodka throughout the entire film, yeah, and uh, which is just hilarious. And um, that's what's so smart about the script, too, is uh, it's just commenting on like you know, a lot of times parents have the the best intentions, I guess, like they do really mean well for their kids, but in trying to get rid of this awful child murderer who was let go on a stupid fucking technicality, uh, all these parents got together and they burned this guy in his, in his boiler room. And, um, so she's dealing with it by drinking and getting drunk as fuck. I mean, that's, it's understandable, but it's just, it's kind of, it's sad because you're just like, dude, this lady is just like, and it's, it's like she's telling her daughter don't drink coffee and she's fucking sitting there drinking vodka yeah right i just love like the one scene where nancy like pulls the whole coffee pot out from under her bed you're like what yeah. the? that's <laughs> like, crazy knowing that really happened different. yeah right yeah. so um so there's another thing in this movie that um uh we should definitely at least mention um it is a certain actor's uh in, first film ever right it's uh we were introduced to Johnny Depp in this movie. Oh yeah, dude. That's right. That's <laughs> His crazy. first acting role ever was so funny. was Glenn, Nancy's boyfriend in a nightmare on Elm Street. How cool is that? I love that. And even the story behind that is funny because like Glenn is written as like a jock. Yeah. So he he's sure. like a big beefy dude. He's just but he like has a heart of gold kinda. Right. And then when Wes uh, Craven was casting the movie, he was showing pictures of the potential actors to his daughter because she was a teenager yeah and uh when she saw johnny depp she was like he's he's dreamy or whatever and he was like okay we'll we'll go go. with that guy so thank (laughs) Wes craven's daughter for johnny depp's career that's awesome crazy he said he was selling pens before that like he would call he would call companies and be like oh excuse me uh do you guys need to buy some uh fantastic ballpoint pens and they just hang up on him so he went from that to being in movies so like just yeah, keep plugging at whatever you're doing. Yeah. You know? Right. It's like you never know what could happen. It's crazy. Um, yeah. That is crazy. Although to get your first acting role and have it be a $1.8 million film back in the 80s, so yeah. that's pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah, even today, I would be like, oh, good, good for you. Cause I feel yeah. like, yeah, most of the uh, features that are made today are like micro budget. Oh, for sure. 
Yeah, like like sub hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> yep. So. I mean, when, when they made like uh, Cabin Fever and Hatchet and Saw, like that was when like one point five was was considered low budget, and right. now people would wouldn't even know what to do with that much money. Oh, I know for sure. So, as we know, this film is all about dreams and this this guy coming after you in your dreams. But I just wanted to like kind of not deviate from the film too much, but. I have some interesting dream stories. Um, one in particular that I want to tell. So when, when I was younger, I would have a recurring dream. I don't know if you've had recurring dreams before, but they're really weird. Cause it's like, it's the same shit over and over again. You know, you'll have it, you know, once a week, once a month, you know, every night it's, it's, they're weird. So anyway, when I was younger, I would have this dream where I would be in this field, like kind of like a, I don't know, like a meadow almost, I guess I would, I would describe it as, mm-hmm. and I'd be walking through this meadow or, you know, whatever. And this voice, like this booming voice would come over like this unknown loudspeaker, but I wouldn't know what, what like what it was saying. But all I know is I would get, like super super fright like i'd be so scared i had no idea what it was saying but as soon as it started talking i knew like something was going to happen and it would you know that would go on for however many seconds and then then i would wake up that was it that was the whole dream and i would have that dream you know probably once a month and i i I never could really make sense of it so went out and picked up a dream interpretation book well you know like tried to find it yeah you know like i've it gets weirder though Oh, okay. <laughs> like so like yeah you know you can interpret your dream and like what is this actually you know what does this mean why do i keep happening it? Yeah. i was in so this is you know this has been a this was before high school like i was pretty young i was like in grade school when i would have this dream when i went to high school freshman year u.s history sitting in class thumbing through my history book And I come to like a little section, like further on in the book. And it was describing a commercial that had aired um, in 1964. This commercial had only been played one time on air. Never played one time. It was like a campaign uh, political um, commercial. And it was about this child walking through a meadow and that like picking the petals off of a daisy or whatever. And then a, a, a voice would come over like this loudspeaker and then like an atomic bomb would go off. <laughs> and I remember reading that and being like, that's my fucking dream. What the fuck? <laughs> what the hell? Like to a T, like obviously in my dream, I would wake up before the explosion happened, but, but everything yeah, leading man. up to that, was that dream i have never seen this commercial before it only aired once 20 years before i was even born it, it freaked me i have i still can't make sense of like why how that even how or yeah, why wow. i don't know it doesn't make sense to me yeah. but anyway i was it's super interesting they showed us that uh, commercial in high school oh really in history class yeah because we we're talking yeah. about that whole period yeah. now and we're like this is crazy because they even talked about it it did not air yeah. a lot I can't I say I've had a recurring dream, but I, I get sleep paralysis like all Ooh. the time. 
Yeah. And that sucks, but it's very dreamlike because you are technically still asleep right. and it's like, you're not like people are always like, Oh, I see something in the corner. It's like, yeah, but it's not really there. It's just, you're, you're dreaming. Right. It's like, you know, when you have a dream, your, your brain gets flooded with DMT. It's a hallucinogen. <laughs> right. right. And so, yeah, like that, but yeah, that's crazy, man. It's like they even talk about that in the movie. They're like, "Can you do you do you believe that people can dream about things that are about to happen?" And right. Glenn's like, "No, <laughs> no." He's like super defensive about it. no. Yeah, Rod killed Tina. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I think like this movie is particularly scary just because you know it makes those dreams real. Yeah. <laughs> And it does a lot of like really relatable things that people have, you know, in their dreams. Like, I don't know if you've ever had the one where you're running and then you start running really slow. Oh yeah. So mine, mine is actually, if I'm ever in a fight in my dream, all of my punches, my stabs, my, my, if I'm, <laughs> if I have a gun and I'm shooting someone, it, it barely does anything to them. It's like, yeah. I'm, I'm tickling them with a feather and it pisses me the fuck off. <laughs> it just makes me so fucking mad. But the person um, you're fighting is just totally normal and you just can't do anything about it. Yeah. Like I'll be just be like in a fist fight with someone. I'll just be pounding them into the ground. They'll just be like, oh, I'm fine. Like I yeah. can't hurt. I can't <laughs> hurt them. Like, oh man. Oh, I hate that. And dreams are so interesting like that because like on one level, they they don't make a lot of sense, but then on another level, they totally do. Like there's been moments in dreams where I'm like, I totally know what's about to happen right now in this dream. And then it, it just kind of feels like you've been there before, but you haven't in the same way. And it's just like, a, it's just really interesting. Have you ever had a dream where you realize you're in a dream? Yeah. Yeah. And you can wake yourself so, up. So, so whatever, whenever I, that happens to me, it happens, I don't know, occasionally. And I'm like, oh my God, this is a dream. What I'll do, I'll immediately start to fly. I, I will I will attempt to fly. <laughs> like Neo style. I swear to God. And it it takes it's weird for me because it takes a lot of concentration to do. I don't know why. Like I really have to focus on fly. But once I get it, I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> and it's the best thing ever. Um so, so that, I mean, that, that's interesting too, because it kind of goes into to the film as well and, and kind of Nancy and, and her progression throughout the film and kind of realizing that it's a dream. And I don't know. Well, what, 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 what do you think about uh, dream warriors when all those, those kids start being able to like actualize in their dreams? So like the one, the kid that is in the wheelchair can walk and he's a wizard, you know, like <laughs> when everyone has like dream powers, do you, what, I, do you, what do you think about that? I, Hey, I'm totally down with it. Like I just said, once I realize I'm in a dream, I start, I, I can do things that, you know, you can't yeah, do in real, do life. real life. So I, so I totally get that. Yeah, like man, that, that's like straight rules. out of reality. Mm -hmm. And this movie, I guess a little bit delves into that, but I think they're, uh, Wes Craven's mostly just focusing on this house, like the simplicity of like, this guy can get into your dreams and manipulate your dreams. Right. You know? And uh, I mean, like Robert England has talked about that. He's like the idea of being able to get into someone's head while they're asleep and see all the things they're afraid of and who they like and what they were, you know, all that stuff is like, that's so uh, invasive and violating, you know, and it's well, it, well, and, and, and not to bring up another film, but I mean, we're talking about like Inception here, <laughs> you know, oh, like, yeah, you know what, yeah, like, totally. which I, I, I'm a big fan of. Inception, yeah, it's another so. great dream based 
film. Yeah, but anyway, well, we won't. We don't need to talk about that one. We can stick with Nightmare. <laughs> um, yeah, right. Yeah, we should. I mean, you know, it's not a horror it's a, film, but it's got some scary shit in there. Being stuck in that that purgatory forever and stuff. That's true, man. That's true. Um, yeah. So, um, you brought this up. We were talking about this film earlier, and. I think you said it perfectly that um, Nightmare, it, it, it was different than the others that came before it because, you know, kind of like Michael Myers and Jason, were, you know, Halloween and Friday the 13th, they um, were just about like killing teenagers, having sex and, you know, violence, sex, boobs, whatever, <laughs> getting drunk. And this wasn't about that. Like this wasn't, this was like Freddie going after, you know, these, these teenagers um who didn't do anything wrong <laughs> although yeah. I, I guess i can't say that like the people in halloween or whatever didn't do anything wrong but yeah all they did was have premarital sex right but... <laughs> which i guess maybe back in the day they were like Ooh, don't oh don't do God. that but but, um... but yeah like these kids they're just hanging out you know like when we when we meet them uh i mean we meet uh nancy's best friend tina first in a nightmare and um she's like in freddy's boiler room and everything and it's like we like the movie uh, actually opens up with him making the glove which is a pretty pretty uh scary scene with like his scary breathing and stuff and that, it is um, and i don't think he's burnt yet so that that was yeah like a no, flash- he's just normal yeah. yeah that was like a flashback to like real time like reality yeah, when nightmare right yeah and then it cuts right ahead to the nightmare itself i guess and then the music is so good like that whole ding, 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 ding. i love that like, and then it's um, the best uh that's where she's like kind of running but can't go anywhere yeah and then, and then, and then freddie has like the most hilarious run i've ever seen oh yeah in a in a in a killer coming after someone it reminds me of like, someone at like six flags and like a big like suit like how dude, he runs dude i i just like i need a gif of just that playing on i'm sure it's out there and i'll just uh i bet but uh, so like Freddie, like, like you were saying earlier, cause I just want to come back to just like that dark humor. Uh-huh. Um, he, there are moments in here where he does some shit that is darkly humorous, you know, it's mm-hmm. fucked up, but he thinks it's funny. Right. Like uh, the first time. Uh, so basically we, we meet these kids and Tina's like, guys, I had this really scary dream and Glenn's being like, you know, being Glenn and he doesn't want to admit that he's been having dreams yet. Right. Um, Nancy doesn't admit it until you know they're all having a slumber party at tina's because her mom's out of town with a boyfriend yeah. and uh she doesn't want to be alone so then they all start out talking and uh nancy you know shares that she had a dream very similar about this guy with like you know finger knives it looked like something he made himself and yep. um so then they hear that fucking noise the whatever that screeching noise and they go outside and uh rod tina's like kind of like biker guy like yeah. musician he's he, they kind of play him like he's like a piece of shit you know yeah and, oh, um, for sure for like sure. he's just, he's just like a bad boy yeah. uh, he, he shows up and like tackles glenn and pulls a switchblade <laughs> on him and shit and he's like we're gonna go inside and have really loud sex well you guys have to listen <laughs> and it's just like i always thought that was awkward man like and it's supposed to be and glenn's sitting there on the couch and i i always thought he said reality sucks but i, I was watching with subtitles and he says morality sucks like being what? a moral being a moral person and not sleeping with his girlfriend while he sleeps on the couch sucks and i'm like uh, well i mean you know hey man shit happens when you're in high school you know and right. it's like yeah i mean nancy does have a good point she's like we're here for her not us 
So put your libido aside for a night. I mean, <laughs> how actually, old, what? How old are they supposed to be? Fifteen, dude. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, that's why I was like, what? Because like I was watching it on the news thing. They're like, a fifteen-year-old Tina Gray was killed last night, and I was like, oh, that makes all that shit even more awkward to me now. <laughs> right. You know. Right. Um, but uh, so basically, like uh, Rod and Tina are asleep, and. Uh, even Rod shares that he's been having nightmares and he's like, guys can have nightmares too, you know? <laughs> and um, he goes to sleep and she wakes up. I always love this because this is such a dark twist. on like the idea of like, you know, like your boyfriend comes up and throws pebbles at your window to get your attention. Uh-huh. Freddie's throwing pebbles at the window <laughs> and he fucking throws one and it breaks into the window. And yeah. um, I never thought about it as a kid, but now that I went to film school, I was like, Oh, that's a 45 minute uh reset while they had to switch out that painted glass that had the rock in it that's like something i thought about this time um so she goes down there and basically gets lured out and she's like who do you think you are and it's freddy krueger and he jumps out from behind a tree like he's in (laughs) scooby-doo and then um he chops off two of his fingers and he's like hey tina look at this and you know fucking chops his uh later on in the movie he like cuts his torso open and stuff and he's just always he pulls his face off and looks like a halloween skeleton and stuff yep. so he you're you were totally right he definitely does have a sense of humor but in the later movies they they kind of took it and really ran with it like three they, they, they turned that shit up to 11, to 11. <laughs> so three did it like in the most well-balanced way like uh-huh. where it just didn't take away from the movie but then four were like you know the freddy glove is the dorsal fin of a shark while the girl's at the beach and then by by five he's turning into a he's turning into super freddy in a comic book and he's skate he's skateboarding yeah and it's just that. like oh, oh my god, god. freddy's dead it, yep. you know it's like he's yep. like a looney he's like a looney tunes character so like i um i do love those movies on their own but like when you when you compare it to the original you're just like what the fuck happened <laughs> they just like i feel like they kept getting more and more imaginative with the dreams which is cool but they just lost sight of like dude dreams a lot of times are really simple and kind that's of true. St- stupid that's true yeah i think they you know they took this character that was you know not of this world who was already a little wacky and and you know they just kind of amped it up every with every film which yeah in in increments i I could see i could see if i was in their position i could see myself doing that too like what like what crazy shit can we have them do now oh yeah totally because like it's like and they they made them just as fast i think as they did the saw movies so like uh there's this great documentary if you haven't seen it everyone out there look it up called never sleep again uh it's like six hours long and it covers the entire (laughs) series it's amazing so it's like watch it over of like a month or something you know yeah goddamn. um yeah so but they, they they talk about all that in there and it's just like really interesting to see everything that went into that and like how over time like you like you could go see nightmare on elm street three and the poster for four was out in the wow. theater like they're just like burning burning and churning so like they're like what are we gonna do we're gonna make these dreams crazier so yeah you're right you know like because it's yeah. like you can't um and that's also why they explain like that he eventually was like the son of like this nun who got locked into like an asylum and got like assaulted by all these inmates over Christmas break. So they call him like the son of a thousand maniacs. Uh, And then by number six, they're like, he got his power by dream demons who (laughs) they, they find the darkest soul imaginable. And there's this scene when he's burning to death and these demons are floating around because that movie was in 3d and they're like, (laughs) give us your soul you can live forever and you're just like, like oh my they we have really lost sight 
of that first film. <laughs> I, mean, and, I mean, he's funny in the first bit. movie. No running in the hallway, you know. Yeah, like, right. It's that's hilarious. I'm your boyfriend now. <laughs> yeah, which and then he, the fucking tongue comes out of yeah. the phone. <laughs> so Ugh, so gross. And then, hilarious. Uh, they do that in Wes Craven's New Nightmare. They like it's basically like a spiritual sequel to the first movie. So like, right. they they do the same gag again, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's like. He is funny, but he's fucked up. Yeah, you know, he's got like this really dark sense of humor. Or as Robert England says, he loves his work. You know, my uh, yeah, for sure. My favorite. Um, I mean, it's not like a licensed iteration of Freddy Krueger. It's a ripoff of Freddy Krueger. Have you um, Scary Terry. watched Scary Terry? <laughs> Scary Terry, bitch. <laughs> his wife. I love you, bitch. <laughs> his whole family <laughs> it's like i just love that man like just like oh god it's so good i want to go youtube that after this dude i i, I might just watch that episode because it's well, so that's funny. like freddie got known for saying birch yeah. you know like and that's number three when he comes out of the tv and says welcome to prime time bitch yeah and it just right became right. a thing right Oh man, this movie was just, it's just a lot of fun. It was, it was fun to go back to, um, you know, I, I kind of want to watch the other ones as well. Cause it's been, it's been a minute before, uh, since I've seen them. You should dude. I have the whole like old DVD box set. When I was a kid, I put it on layaway and I could never (laughs) like save up enough to get it. So I always get taken (laughs) off layaway. And then eventually like, that's like the first thing I bought when I was old enough to have a job. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Own that goddamn box set. <laughs> I mean, uh, hey. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. the little it's the little things. That and owning a Mortal Kombat arcade machine were like my two childhood dreams for myself as an adult. And it's yeah. that's hilarious. Dude, I'm just waiting for the day where when I can buy like my one of those mega cades, I think they call them. Oh yeah. Like four player has every that's game awesome. imaginable on it. That's yep. that's my the, goal. In the life. Raspberry Pi. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Um, I, I had this neighbor, I, I don't know if I told you about my neighbor, Brian, but he owned a carpentry business and he was really big into eBay before like everyone else was. Okay. And uh, so he was like trading like arcade cabinets with people and like in uh, pinball machines and shit like that. So oh, shit. he had an entire like arcade in his house and he actually bought like a set of jail doors and installed them in his office. So like no one could get in there and fuck with his arcade machines, least Holy of all his, his his shithead son who I was friends with. So, um, but like, uh, he had this fucking amazing nightmare on Elm street pinball machine, dude, Aww, that dude. you can look it up. It's amazing. It, uh, it plays the ding, 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 and he plays a bunch of quotes and it's just like the art design is so beautiful, but I got to play it a lot as a kid. And then I That's showed up awesome. one day and it was gone and he sold oh, it. And I was like, Oh, well, but that was just kind of one of those things where like, just because I knew someone who did, who did that shit, I got to kind of vicariously live through him. And I was like, Oh, I'm such a lucky boy right now. That's really cool, man. Yeah, Yeah. that's that's awesome. I I I love people who, you know, who own that kind of stuff. It's just so cool because you don't see it very often, you know. Yeah, they're expensive too because they didn't make a lot of them. Right. Um, I'm actually looking it up right now because I'm super interested. (laughs) Pinball. It was fucking rad. So, I mean, like the, you know, like we talk about a lot with these movies that do so many sequels, like there's an undeniable legacy that comes along. 
Oh, for sure. You know, because it's like it's it spawns so many sequels. And Wes Craven talked about just like it's weird seeing little kids on Halloween dressed like Freddy Krueger, and they're like, "Wait, don't they know he's he's a child murderer?" What the fuck? uh, But it's a it's just become this big thing. And like, I think originally they didn't cut Wes Craven in on like merchandise and like, you know, profits in the sequels. But uh-huh. then when it came time to do Wes Craven's new nightmare, they're like, Oh shit, we got to make this right. So they like, they gave him like retro, uh, retro uh, retroactive cuts of all that stuff. Uh-huh. And then um, he came in and did that one. But like, yeah, it's like, it's, there's, there's movies. There's, there's a really from, I haven't seen a lot of it. Brad Pitt is in an episode of it, but there's a really bad TV show uh there's video games uh he's a character in mortal Kombat. uh <laughs> you know like there's even novels um but they're really expensive like they didn't print a lot of them back in the day so they're gonna right. run you like 200 bucks off ebay right 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 so yeah. so i'm looking up so i found the machine i can't find it for sale anywhere so oh, who man. knows um who knows how much this fucking thing is but anyway, thousand. it looks really cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel super lucky. I got to play with it, even for like that was like a one summer. Whenever we'd go hang out at that dude's shop, or uh, I think he had it at his house, and then he moved into his shop, and I was yeah. just like, "Hey, man, can I play this?" And he's like, "Okay, all right, super. no one else is." So. Super cool. Well, um, unless you have anything else to say about it, I think it's time to rate this film, Nate. Yeah, I, I think we kind of said everything. We don't need to go beat for beat. It's like I feel like everyone's seen it. Yeah, for sure. And if you haven't, like, <laughs> it's on HBO Max. You should do yourself a favor, watch it because it exactly. still holds up. Yeah. Um. So, like I said, uh, a nightmare on Elm Street. Fred Krueger. This. Uh, he's an icon. You know, he is in my top three of of horror icons out there. And it was like I said earlier. It's great to go back to this movie. It's just it's a lot of fun. It, it, it does some interesting things with uh like like johnny depp's death scene was just phenomenal yeah. <laughs> um, with the gallons and gallons of blood falling you know out mm-hmm. of the bed um you know like, like maybe for, maybe freddie isn't as crazy and funny in this one but he's still he's got his little moments and um you know it's just overall like it's just a really fun ride and you know he they you know Wes Craven just set up this whole whole crazy franchise that just spiraled out of you know like it just like blossomed and and became what it is today and mm-hmm. and that's really cool so I am going to rate a Nightmare on Elm Street eight point seven finger knives out of ten nice yeah cool well I mean you know I don't really have anything bad to say about the movie it's like it's yeah. one of my favorites I watch it every year around halloween time so yeah. i think i actually just watched it like two weeks ago so i was like oh i'm gonna watch this again <laughs> uh it is it's just awesome it's it's everything uh you gotta watch that documentary or at least there's yeah, a book sure. there's a there's a book called never sleep again that just covers the first movie it's a lot it's much shorter mm-hmm. um but just knowing that this movie basically took bob shea who is distributing like reefer madness from the trunk of his car to college campuses to making him like a, a player on like the worldwide stage is like a mini mini major studio and it really set new line cinema up as a company like they're known as the house that freddie built <laughs> right um, yeah. Oh, yeah and um so cool. it, and you'll like this too it's like the the two movies that they're known for nightmare on elm street 
and Lord of the Rings. And uh, uh, when yeah. and when Lord of the Rings got made, the company completely shifted into a much more like now it says owned by AOL at the bottom, which isn't a bad thing. Now they're a major company and now they're owned by right. Warner Brothers, you know. Right. So it's just awesome knowing that Nightmare on Elm Street did all that and that Wes Craven bob shea took such a big chance on him because he believed in that script and that he sent it around and no one wanted to make it mm-hmm. um so it's just it's uh my favorite horror movies are, are ones that work well as just like you're sort of you know a scary ride where it's someone chasing you with a with a sharp knife and you're scared right. and it doesn't have to be much more than that but on a, a a different level there's also a lot more going on in the movie in the movies mm-hmm. has like a lot of ideas under the surface if you really want to dig into them so for me, I'm going to give it a nine out of 10 finger knives. Hell yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. You know, it's always, you know, the, the last episode, we were all over the place and it's, yeah, and this hey, one we're back we, on the same we've come back channel. together. <laughs> well, there's just certain movies. Like I would be really surprised if you're like Nightmare on Elm Street's a three out of 10. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, that's going to be a 1.3 out of 10. <laughs> maybe, maybe the remake. <laughs> oh, oh god yeah that one that's, that's a nightmare in and of itself yeah you know and we didn't go into it and we won't go into it yeah but... we don't really need to but it's it ain't the original that's really all you need to know about that <laughs> yeah. so so if you have a choice if you only have time to watch one movie uh between the two watch the og please watch the og <laughs> yeah <laughs> so well if you're still hanging out we haven't bored you to death uh, we appreciate it. Don't forget, you can check out all our films at IntoTheVoidFilms.net. We just dropped a new film for all yep. y'all uh, called Beloved. So go check that out. Um, come back next week. Give us a like. Add us to your podcast playlist. Share us with your favorite people. Stay spooky out there, my friends. This has been Those Who Remain. Bitch. <laughs>